Good morning and welcome to the Leaders Brief by Egomonk. Today we look at India's decision to completely revamp its education system, opening up prospects for foreign universities to set up campuses in the country, estimate the losses caused by floods due to torrential monsoon in India and Bangladesh, and examine the risks posed by the Mali standoff on the stability of West Africa. This is not only the question of the social issues, yes. it's a national issue which encompasses and touches upon the lives of people in the immediate future as well as for the coming decades. And you have to address this with respect to the diversity and the complexity that India represents. So to me, it was really one of the most challenging assignments that this government gave us as a team. And we have tried to do our best, that's all we can say. But it was satisfying as a great experience in retrospect if you look at it, because the responses that we have been getting even in the short period when it was put in the public domain, uh, especially from those who are talking to the totality of this particular uh, document, mm. is very encouraging. Dr. K. Kasturi Rangan, former chief of the Indian Space Research Organization, who heads the committee drafting India's new education policy, told Indian public broadcaster Doordarshan after the Indian cabinet okayed it at the parliament. The policy is an ambitious approach by the Indian government to completely revamp the country's education system. For starters, India is doing away with the decades-old 10 plus 2 pre-graduation system that focused on yearly test-based evaluations culminating into two major board examinations before a student can pursue their college degree. The new system being proposed has a 5 plus 3 plus 3 plus 4 structure with a total of four exams at each stage. The system is undoubtedly a more scientific approach towards the holistic development of students. It will encourage learning without the added pressure of having to perform in a single examination that would determine the educational future of students. Under the new system, particular importance is also being given to coding and professional training and would allow for vocational internships for students to enhance skill development. Another critical development expected to happen with the implementation of the new draft policy is a provision for foreign universities to open campuses in the country. The move is expected to increase competitiveness and encourage foreign investment in the Indian education sector. On the downside, the move is expected to substantially increase the cost of education in the country. One provision that has come under severe criticism from some opposition parties and educationists is the doing away of the English language as the medium of teaching. The government has decided to make the local language of states the medium of instruction for schools. Dr. Kasturi Rangan justifies the decision thus. The language section, which is touched upon in this, uh, not touched upon, which elaborated in this particular document, really is a comprehensive account of what should be the policy for education, for teaching, for comprehension, and also learning the different languages. India is a multilingual state. It is actually a great boon that this country is a multilingual state. So we wanted to recognize it in the policy formulation. So there is no question. And there is this plurality about the, uh, the society, which also we have to address. So keeping that in mind, we formulated the language part of the policy, duly taking into account the fact that the diversity has to be respected, the plurality has to be respected, and the states should be given that kind of a flexibility to choose the language in which they want to transact business. While the draft policy seems to be a promising move with the Indian government planning to increase education expenditure to 6% of the GDP, many critics continue to argue that its implementation may face several hurdles. Some have even questioned as to how the government plans to earmark the 6% amount 
given the economic stress caused by the pandemic and other natural disasters. India presently faces severe losses in states located in its eastern part due to monsoon-induced floods. While flooding is an annual phenomenon for several Indian states during the monsoon months, this year's rainfall has rendered over 5 million people homeless in the states of Assam and Bihar. I am thankful people of Assam for their courageous effort fighting against COVID-19 as well as flood and erosion. This is a third wave of flood. In this situation, the people of Assam in the 28 district, they have to suffer and they have lost their cultivable land, their household properties and also more than 80 lives in both flood, erosion and landsliding. That was Assam Chief Minister Sarbanananda Sonowal after assessing the situation in his state two weeks ago. Last week, the number of people affected in Assam reduced from 1.7 million to 1.2 million as the state gradually moves towards recovery. The situation in Bihar, however, continues to worsen, with over 4 million people being affected and more than 100 being reported dead. Neighbouring country Bangladesh has been equally devastated by this year's monsoon rains, with almost 30% of its landmass submerged, affecting nearly 5 million people. Only a few months ago, the country was ravaged by a devastating cyclone, and with the COVID pandemic continuing to wreak havoc, Dhaka is now in dire need of significant humanitarian aid. Climate experts expect the deluge to continue through August. While Southeast Asia battles natural disasters, West Africa is on the brink of a crisis due to the deteriorating political situation in Mali. We came here to meet President Ibrahim Boubacar Keita as state leaders of the ECOWAS and also to meet all parties concerned in order to bring back peace to the region and ensure that Mali restarts its work towards ensuring stability of the country and the entire sub-region. That was the Senegalese president, Maki Sal, talking to the press after a talk to resolve the crisis in Mali failed. West African leaders, including Ghana, Ivory Coast, Niger, Nigeria and Senegal, visited Bamako on July 23rd to end a week-long standoff between Malian President Ibrahim Boubacar Keita and an opposition coalition led by influential Muslim leader Ibrahim Diko. The protest started last month and became violent on July 11th, leaving 11 people dead in Bamako. The opposition coalition has been demanding the resignation of Keita over several allegations that range from corruption to Mali's economic woes. The immediate reason that sparked off the protests was a decision by the Constitutional Court in April to overturn the results of the parliamentary polls for 31 seats, allowing candidates from Keita's party to get re-elected. The meeting between the African leaders yielded no results and the situation in Mali continues to remain tense. The meeting was preceded by an ECOWAS mission led by former Nigerian President Goodluck Jonathan that had proposed the setting up of a government of national unity that would include members of the opposition and civil society groups. However, the opposition's primary demand remains the resignation of Keita, a point they seem unwilling to compromise. The situation in Mali is of growing concern for all neighbouring West African countries as it allows for several armed groups to gain strength in the country, threatening insurgencies in the entire region. The effects are likely to ripple into Europe as well, and global leaders are also trying hard to mediate a resolution to the crisis. The question now remains on whether Malian president will be forced to step down. That is all for today. Thank you for listening. Tune in to Igomong to stay updated on the latest happenings and their impact on global trade, technology and innovation.
Egomonk helps you make sense of change. We are a global intelligence platform delivering asymmetric outcomes by bringing organizations closer to the communities they want to serve and the leaders they wish to influence. Visit our website insights.egomonk.com which is spelled i n s i g h t s . e g o m o n k . c o m to subscribe and make better and faster decisions today. If you wish to collaborate with us then please email us at contact@egomonk.com. At